0: Welcome back, Kofkin Bond podcast listeners. This is podcast number one hundred and forty-nine, and it's Tony in the chair today because Jamie is sick, and we. So the interview is going. Interviewee is actually Lucy Claxton in our office today, who's moved from Sydney and been relocated down to the Melbourne office. Welcome, Lucy.
1: Thanks. Happy to be here, and I'll just have the listeners know I'm also sick, but I've come in just for the podcast. So, Jamie, take note.
0: Yes, Jamie, take note of that. Um, Lucy, we actually asked you to talk today about aged care. So it's one of your pet loves. It's an area that you are our in-house expert in. And it is an area that you really want to expand in here. And it's actually quite interesting because when you first came to me on aged care, it it was interesting. My thought process was we don't have a lot of clients who are going into aged care consideration. But then I thought of myself, Now, I'm nearly 53 years old, and I have had a father who was in aged care for six months Mm -hmm. prior to passing away some six years ago. And now my 82-year-old mother is actually talking about uh, potentially entering aged care. And even though she's, you know, physically and... um, and she's physically very strong and she's she's quite healthy. For her, it was actually the COVID lockdowns really caused, uh, you know, just her emotional circle was actually taken away from her. So yeah. so for her, she's actually just looking at being with people all the time and always having those options, either be with people or not be with people, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so for different reasons, my father had to go into aged care for health reasons. So, based on that, can you? There's a lot of our clients who are my age, or a bit older, or a bit younger, who do have parents who are in a similar situation. So, can you talk about some of your uh, experiences to date, and some of the, even the thought processes or misnomers behind aged care?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think the most common thing that I've seen so far and and why I'm passionate about having the conversation before it's too late is we have clients come to us, um, you know, frantic um, because, uh, you know, an an older parent or a grandparent was put into aged care, um, you know, because something happened like a stroke and all of a sudden they lost the ability, um, you know, to to act independently or to live independently.
0: Or a simple thing like a fall and breaking their hip.
1: Exactly, yeah, and and it does does become... um, really common obviously in that age and so what we see is is people basically get frantic because they have absolutely no idea what to do Uh, and so we deal with a lot of I guess stressed clients uh, you know who just think oh my gosh I have to pay this massive bond how am I going to afford it Uh, and there's not a lot of pre-planning involved Uh, and so what you know we sort of have to do then is um, you know I guess fix up a couple of things or um, you know yeah play the play the fix-up game instead of um, planning for that in the future So I do, I I see a lot of that um, and I see a lot of stress. And I also see uh, a lot of the times clients come in, um, you know, who could have just done one, two or three small things and made their lives a lot easier. Um, So, yeah, that that is why I I do think that, um, you know, frailty planning is really important in the two, five, even ten years before you actually plan to go into any type of facility. Yeah,
0: and I, I think some of the decisions that you make in advance, even simple things like, for example, a client might downsize their home uh, which suits them perfectly well now but in five years time if they wanted to go into uh, or needed to go into a high care facility they, they might not be able to afford the full bond or uh, the RAD as it's commonly known. But it's a misnomer that it's they have to pay the full bond, isn't it?
1: It is, yes. Yeah. So you've, you've got a lot of choices when you enter aged care. And um, do you
0: have to sell the family home to pay a, a rent either as uh, well? It
1: depends on your personal objectives. Okay. <laughs> no, it really does. Look, if if it was if that's really... That's a perfect
0: answer because there's no one size fits all.
1: That's just it, yeah. So if a client comes in and, and it's really important to them or they know that it was really important to their parent, uh, you know, that they do hold the home, a lot of the time we can make it work. Um, what it does do is it impacts the cash flow. So that, that is the absolute premise of aged care planning is cash flow planning basically uh, and how much you elect to pay of the rad can have a direct impact on how much aged care fees you pay um, as you go through the year and also how much pension you get as well so no you don't need to sell the family home uh, however it could mean that in time you uh, do have a, a reduced pension um, but that might not be important for some people who aren't entitled to the pension anyway so it really is unique to the person well,
0: sir, but it was if we if I can just uh, interject there for a moment if you took my father's situation as an example my mum was still living at home dad needed to be in care he did have alzheimer's um, and he needed to be in, and as amongst other things he needed to be in in high care facility and he was and the home was the home was wonderful too uh, to both mum and dad um, the interesting part though was no rad was required and basically 85 percent of dad's pension was gone and i remember mum thinking how am I going to survive just on the one pension? And she actually started saving during that period of time, <laughs> which was quite interesting. And Dad, Dad was a, you know, a thin man uh, prior to passing away, so it was not as if he was a massive eater. Mm. But it was, it was actually interesting that she started actually saving during that period of time whilst Dad was actually in the high-care facility for the end of his life.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, and, and it's true that a lot of those sort of additional... But her, services... sorry,
0: sorry, Lucy, her initial thought was, how am I going to afford a bond? And and I'm not an expert in aged care whatsoever, but I said, you won't have to pay a bond, Mum. It's true. We just
1: have to get Dad in there. I mean, it's it's no decision – sorry, it's no different really from a young person looking at the market right now in Sydney or Melbourne or any type of capital city and going, should I buy a home to live in or should I rent a home to live in? That's effectively what's happening when you're going into aged care. You're either buying the place that you're living in – and keep in mind that we're talking about a bond which – you get or well, your estate gets back when you pass away or when you leave the facility. Mm. So it's not dead money; it's it's still there. You're not losing out, um, or you can choose to actually rent the place. And the way they calculate the rent is basically uh, they charge interest. On, on the bond and that's what you pay. But but again, you know, it's it's really no different. Uh, and there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, and it purely comes down to how much money you've got coming in. Um, and, and there's always a way to, to make it work as well, so.
0: Okay, so if a client decided not to sell the family home and they were currently getting, say, the full-age pension and they don't sell the family home and they go into an aged care facility and let's say they haven't paid a RAD and they have to pay um, a fee. The family home, from my understanding, is not included in the asset test for the age pension at the moment. So if they don't sell the family home and they move into the aged care facility, they're no longer living in the home. Um, we could assume that either they're renting it out or not renting it out during that period of time. Does all of a sudden the home become an asset test for the um, and reduce the age pension as a result?
1: So, for a two-year period, um, it's actually exempt from Centrelink purposes.
0: It's interesting you say two years because in in Victoria, the average um, expectancy of a stay in an aged care facility is nine months.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: nine months for a metro, regional is uh, sorry, six months for a metro, nine months for a regional. So two years is a pretty yeah. decent window.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by that. Um yeah, so so that often means when someone comes in, you know, we'd sort of do two year planning. Uh you know, we're not planning for too far in the future. And then at that two year mark, if it comes a point where we are gonna lose the pension, then we can make the decision about the home. So it's also not something that you need so to do. So they can straight can they away. rent
0: out the home during the two year period? They can. They can yes, and okay. is the income they get from the rent offset against the age pension?
1: It would be. It would
0: I be. Believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. So but, but that can actually the rent they're getting can actually substitute the payments that are required that renting period in the home.
1: That's right. Yeah. It definitely could. So, um, so yeah. So basically, you are exempt um on on that point um for that two year period. However, uh, the aged care fees charged by the actual facility also take into consideration your assets. Uh, if you've got a, a spouse living in. Uh, that home uh, when you go into the facility then uh, your house is also exempt for aged care purposes um, when they're actually calculating the fees but if you don't have a spouse or any type of protected person living in that home then uh, they're automatically going to take that into consideration as an asset.
0: What's classed as a protected person?
1: <laughs> You're testing me now Tony. <laughs> well it's, it's quite interesting because
0: I'm very protective of my mum oh. but I don't live with her <laughs> so, I'll give so, you an example. She's very protective
1: of me too. So one example um, that I'll say is if there's, for example, a carer living okay. in the home, but they've yep. been living in there for a period of over five years, I believe it is, okay. and that's yep. considered a protected person. But there are they're, they're very very um, there are a lot of rules around that even. So for example, um, that protected person is only considered a protected person for as long as they're receiving some kind of income support payment from Centrelink. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. And it's also up to the client to notify. So,
0: are they still then a carer receiving Centrelink support if their parents or spouse has now gone into exactly. aged care? Well, exactly. I suppose if it's a spouse, it doesn't matter. But oh, yeah, well, yeah. I suppose it, yeah, protected person still. So yeah. Does. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No. So it is very complex, um, and that's why you know when it does come to aged care, it's not always a set and, and forget strategy. Especially in those first two years, it really is a matter of I guess planning um, for the short. Short term and also planning for the long term as well. Um, so yeah.
0: Does it also take in the, I suppose in the planning that you do, does it also take into consideration things like for example what the siblings want or let's say for example there's A couple of kids are saying whatever is best for mum and dad and the other kids saying, well, I don't want the house sold because that's going to be worth more in two years' time than what it is now.
1: Uh, No, we we actually won't take that into consideration because, um, you know, it's our job to act in the best interest of the client and our client is the person who's in the facility. We do need to respect their wishes. It, of course, gets difficult when we don't have uh, or when their wishes aren't clear, so if there's no valid will or if there's no nominated power of attorney, which, again, is why those things become really important uh, in the two, five, ten years, um, you know, before actually entering that aged care facility, planning to make sure that that person's wishes are going to be respected.
0: Let's assume then that uh, my father's situation is an example. He had Alzheimer's. uh, So we had a power of attorney set up. So we were obviously making and a financial power of attorney. So obviously making financial decisions or, or decisions on his behalf. Under, under that consideration, who is then classed as the client, the person with the power of attorney or my father in this case?
1: Still your father. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that you would, you would in that case, have to revert back to what his wishes were as per whether it be his will, whether it be any instructions that were set as part of the power of attorney, etc.
1: Or what we can, um, I guess, gauge from, you know, siblings who agree that that particular thing or that particular action might be, um, you know, what they would have preferred to do so you know we can always assume that even
0: if the power of attorney Disagrees with that, so <laughs> that's the psychology side of uh, being yeah. a financial planner.
1: No, look, it is. You've you've definitely nailed it. It's a it's a grey area, but and and it is a, a really difficult one when someone is inca- incapacitated to actually determine what their best interest is. All we can do is, I guess, do our our best to determine what what they would have been and what a reasonable person would be expected to you know want to leave their kids with. Um, you know, do they want to erode all of their wealth on aged care fees? I highly you're doubt pre- it. You haven't met my mum. <laughs> so, so. I, um, you know, I, I, would, I would believe more so that they would actually want to preserve as much of that wealth as possible, so that it can leave some kind of legacy. Yeah. Um. So you can kind of assume that that's the general consensus, and that that's what that person. And you'd get a
0: general idea of that based on their will.
1: Exactly yeah exactly
0: yeah okay so so it is it is I mean aged care some of the statistics that you were telling me um, this is a question without notice so if you don't understand, it's not a problem but it's actually there seems to be a shortfall in respect to aged care well from what's been projected into the future seems to actually be a bit of a potential crisis in the long run in respect to shortfall of aged care beds
1: yeah. Yeah, that's right. there is a very long wait list um, anywhere from six months to two years yeah. uh, that's uh, it disproportionately affects people in regional areas as well. and actually there's a, a push at the moment to move into um, home care packages so that I guess um, you know older people can receive similar services at home. Is that I
0: said an income tested? the home care packages?
1: That's a great question. I'm not actually sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so it's an area that, you know, um, we're, we're still looking into. Um, what I do know, though, is that there are currently 87,000 people around Australia on the wait list for a home care package. So there is, I guess, a lot of work for the government to do as well in that space. Um, but it could be a really good solution for a lot of people, you know, who don't necessarily want to travel the hour or the hour and a half to a facility especially when they live in a regional area
0: yeah no that's actually it's interesting that you say that because when uh so as an example i use was my mum who is considering going into aged care a couple of her friends have gone into aged care and and the experience that we had with my dad in aged care was excellent uh they really looked after him uh, you, you have to be patient with somebody who has Alzheimer's mm. and they were they were they were wonderful. That's good. Um, the I think the, the thing is though is someone like uh, my mum who is not a high risk not high health care so for her if she makes a decision to go into aged care she makes the decision now but that might not for the place she wants she might not have the ability to be able to move in there for a year, a year or a year and a half so that's the planning in advance. you're talking about
1: yeah 100 percent. so my age care basically can arrange an assessment to assess um your mother's um independence Mm. uh, and they might actually say look i don't know that there is the need for government subsidized um you know health care or you know age care they might suggest instead uh you know to go on the wait list for a home care package because she can live independently or they might actually say have you considered a retirement village if you know if her purpose um you know of wanting to go into a facility is for the socialization piece then a retirement village you know is literally exactly that uh you know it creates that sense of community and access to services um without the sort of um health care that would be needed in an aged care facility
0: Okay, so it's, uh, but from, with one of our clients, from what I understand, he did go into a retirement village, but then he moved into a high care facility, which was actually also part of the retirement village anyway, so they didn't actually have to, they moved him, from his little house to a room.
1: Yes, a lot of them will have both, yeah. um, and you know, yeah. If you are at that early stage of um, of frailty planning, and you're not really sure what the future holds, it can definitely be a good idea to move to a facility that does have both, um, just so that it isn't such a big change. Um, you know, if if the worst happens and, and you don't become independent anymore.
0: Now, Lucy, you're, you're a strong individual, who but also who has a lot of empathy uh, for people. Thank you. The, it's, uh, you're magnificent at it. The, when dealing with these and them having to make the clients having to make, you know, and a lot of times they do include their family having to make this decision of what they have to do and which is the best way for them. How long can that take on average? Is it like maybe a two or three month process?
1: It can be. Um, It honestly depends what stage the client is in. Um, You know, an ACAT assessment can be done pretty quickly, but finding a facility can be a whole other issue. For us, um, you know, the the strategy itself can definitely probably be a a six month project. Um, And that's not necessarily because of delays on our end. It's just because that process can be quite taxing. Um, But look, at the end of the day, our goal is to, um, you know, take the finances away from the clients that they've got one less thing to worry about. You know, often they just want to spend as much time as they can with the person who's entering aged care, potentially grieve a little bit because it's really sad when you have someone, you know, who is, um, you know, losing that ability to remember or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so just, yeah, I guess taking as much of that um, financial stress away from them can be really rewarding, I would say. And that's, that's why i'm really liking the space as well
0: yeah it was it was interesting because um i was somebody who didn't when i was younger didn't necessarily like the idea of my parents going into aged care and my entire philosophy on aged care and looking after the elderly changed when dad uh alzheimer's became really bad yeah and it was interesting because at that stage it was actually my mum who was refusing to put him into Alzheimer's where she was certainly being encouraged by my sister and myself that she needed to put dad into aged care for herself. Yeah. Um, for, and that was, that was about her looking after herself now because dad needed care and she needed to not have to worry about locking the doors and windows when she went to the loo. Yeah. You no. Know, so it was a simple thing like that, because Dad would go walkabouts.
1: Yeah. No. It is. It's so true. Even things like um, cooking meals. You know. And it was so
0: hard for my mum. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. we were we myself and my sister were obviously devastated by what was happening to our father, who was one of the greatest storytellers you could ever ever have met. And all of a sudden, his stories were disappearing, and that's yeah. what that's what Dad was. So, um, but for Mum, it was a case of I remember her clearly stating to me. He started his life in an institution, he's not ending his life in one. And unfortunately the last six months she she had no, no choice. choice. But it was it was a great experience for her as well in saying that the aged care facility was right next door to her house. Oh, yeah. So is, as, really, that that's was, yeah. That's that was yeah, that was extremely helpful because she would still have breakfast, lunch and dinner with dad every <laughs> single day, but then have the days free to do as she as yeah. she what she wanted to do but it is it is a really really tough decision on if one of the spouses is still extremely healthy yeah and the other spouse isn't because they have so their routine has been so used to being with each other
1: uh, absolutely it, it can it can be heartbreaking but I think you've hit the nail on the head that it can be right for the person who's making that decision to put that person in aged care yeah um, because you know you, you just don't know what the future holds when it comes to health and spending years and years and years of your life uh, you know stressing about this person's next Meal because they might not be able to prepare a meal for themselves. Yeah. It really does, um, I guess, yeah, to take away a little bit. Uh, you know, a good example I actually think of just that's happening right now is um, my nana will have jelly and ice cream for dinner uh, oh, if <laughs> if my auntie doesn't head uh, over there each weekend um, and give her a week full of meals. And it's getting to the point where my auntie's realize she. Can't go away, or she feels guilty actually going away because she knows that my nan is not going to have a, you know, fulfilling meal. Uh, So you know, we're actually currently having that conversation. um, You know, in my household, whether an assessment, you know, is worth it. My nan is an independent person, but some sort of home care package would make a lot of sense. And you know, we know we can make the finances work one way or another as well.
0: It's interesting you say that, Lucy, because I am a person that if there is no one at home. I will make toast for myself for dinner. And I have very happily just eat toast for dinner or have, like, have breakfast for dinner. <laughs>
1: jelly and ice cream sounds great, Lucy. Jelly and ice cream is,
0: just, is heaven for me. Now. And I would have no one to judge me on eating jelly and ice cream. But, but it is interesting, though, that it is that case of so obviously from a nutritional aspect
1: yeah. is
0: unanimous not going to be in an healthy position no. yeah so it's uh just having sugar for dinner
1: exactly it sounds
0: like heaven to me even though i know i shouldn't be doing that anymore yeah. well i saw yeah. you
1: eyeing off my snack drawer earlier too tony uh,
0: you opened it up i just happened to see chocolate in it <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't searching you opened the drawer so you might just want to move that to a different location or lock it I'll lock as it. you as you leave the office it could be safer for yep. your stash of chocolate I'll take
1: Nancy. the key with me
0: yes i think that could be the safest aspect lucy thank you for today um, Um, any of our clients who do who are either in the situation themselves or considering or do have a family member in that situation they can just reach out to you and just have a general chat i'm assuming
1: yeah yeah absolutely look it's definitely worth it um you know as i said the pre-planning becomes really important so setting those things up now so that if that decision has to be made in the future you're ready to go is a really great idea um yeah please feel free to reach out for a chat
0: Okay, wonderful, and I hope people have listened to this all the way through to the end. I I know everyone does listen to Jamie. I'm sitting in the chair. I don't think I've I've taken his job. (laughs) Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, guys.